Welcome everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me as always, my co-hostess Vanessa Hogel and down in the chat room, Shauna, our chat shenanigator, shaking everything up. We have a fantastic guest with us this evening, Marissa Anderson. She's an intuitive consultant. She's worked with law enforcement. She uh, does homeopathic work. She's uh, worked with a lot, a large variety of people. Of course, you know, she uh, takes on uh, readings and consulting and, and things of that nature. Um, she's been doing this quite a while, has a, had a lot of experiences just I've been crazy today because of how my uh, my last 24 hours have gone. But listening to the conversation between Vanessa and Marissa, we were up for a fantastic show. Plus, she is wonderful friends with our good friend, Alexandra Holzer. So, Marissa, oh, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you, Alex, because she introduced both of us to be able to be here together. All she three is of awesome. Us. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. She is amazing. I watched her basically grow up knowing oh. her father. And uh, Hans used to tell a funny story. He would say, you won't believe how I met Marissa. She was watching a cable, Westchester Community College, which they used to run on Channel 3 in Westchester. I was in White Plains at that time. And uh, I something told me to just peruse through and then it would tell me when to stop this again that source information you get from from our source our energy source so i had the remote and i stopped on the wcc channel so i was watching the roll up of the events that they were having and there it was i saw what i was waiting for professor hans holzer uh, evidence of life after death room number blah 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 i was so excited to see it <laughs> that I didn't have time to see what day, what time, what room. <laughs> so I had to watch the whole thing another 15 minutes for the damn thing to roll around. But something <laughs> was telling me to go on to that channel and wait for what is going to be your future, you know? And he, he used to laugh and say, this is how we met. She knew to come to my lecture, which I did. I sat all the way up on top. It was like a cone-shaped audience. He was at the bottom. Uh, at his podium and then I started moving closer when I came in and was just kind of cackling at many of the things he had to say you know he wasn't psychic he was an author he would right. watch all this stuff through all of us so I used to think oh you know I, I would kid him about this and kid him about that because that is not so correct you know from his point of view again he's an observer mm -hmm. he doesn't know what life on the inside of being this way is like so at the end, when everybody left, I thought, you know, let me go downstairs and freak him out. <laughs> so I went down, I went down the, the aisle and I came up to him and he was putting his books in his briefcase. And I said, Professor Holzer, I know exactly what your apartment looks like. I know you have a shelf, two couple of shelves of books in your dining area. You walk out into the living area and there's your black cat sitting there. Um, and she has a little white dot, and then there's a cat that is, I'm getting the word stripes, but there's no stripes on the cat. And he laughed and he said, Marissa, that's because that's the cat's name, Stripes. <laughs> and my oh. cat is Sylvia. And I said, well, you're right on the west side by the park at West End. And I said, between 88th and 87th, he said, I, that's not out there there's no address of mine publicly out there so there's no way you could know that he said tell me more and I said you have two daughters and you have um all these crazy masks on your wall he would he would buy these uh masks that he would find right. at flea markets Alex had them yeah, she has them the yeah yeah you saw it in the video on her wall so he looked at me and I, I told him a couple more things that were private and he said he looked at me and he said marissa and he took my hand i think we can work together <laughs> shaking <laughs> my hand when he was saying that he said I, i'd like you to take my number and we'll work a few cases together and that that was kismet that was 90 that was 92 1992. wow, wow. she walked in yeah, Alex walked in. I think she was still going to college. She was just finishing up her last year. And then I met her first husband, Chris, at the same time. And she was adorable. I met 
Hans had two daughters, uh, Nadine and, and Alexandra, and they're both beautiful people, beautiful beings. They have a beautiful mom. I met mom, mm-hmm. Catherine, the Boxhoven uh, Sars family. And uh, it's funny because I said to Hans, I'm Russian. Both my parents are Russian. And Leonid Serbanov is known by the Russian royals because he was given a lot of awards during his life in New York after he escaped, found my mother, rescued her, and they both came over from Germany. They went through Russia to Germany mm-hmm. and then Germany to Ellis Island. And he said, I'll, I'll find out. I'll ask, you know, the, uh, it was the, the Burbinskis, I think, that lived in Mount Vernon. So he got back to me. He said, they all remember you. And they said, say hello. Say hello <laughs> to me and his daughter. So it's a small world, you know? Yeah, it's really it really is. You, you were telling me some of that when we were emailing back and forth. And just, I find the connections really amazing. Well, here's oh. another similarity between me and Marissa. I impromptu read for Alex during right, the show. Right. Just that Hans came through. Yeah, and, and, and that actually lasted almost two weeks through. I'm not surprised. He's he's uh, he loves the spotlight. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> even still. <laughs> a little bit, a little yeah. bit. But nice, yeah. nice fella. He nice. he actually shoved me off the stage, off the podium, <laughs> taking a little too too long over at the Players Club. He had invited me to go because they wanted a psychic there to do uh, actually the Houdini seance. So, uh, and I was, I was gladly paid. I would have done it for free. I was paid for the evening, but I didn't know that they wanted to do a witch burning. That night. Oh. <laughs> what? So it was like a setup. Yeah. It was like a setup to kind of, um, burn me in, in a sense, because all of these people were magicians and magicians by nature don't believe in psychics and that all comes back from Houdini. Right. Yeah. And it's bizarre because I had invited a friend that night. And everything I was saying, I found out from a family member, lo and behold, that was Houdini uh, family, said, Marissa, if you told them, I said, I'm getting believe, just believe at the beginning. You know, when when the whole thing started, the mics went on and I said, I'm getting from him to believe, believe. Well, that was on his dying breath. He said the psychic that would be right on and correct and would hear me from death they will pick up believe the word believe. Wow. And so I said that and nobody said anything. Then my friend who was sitting in the audience, um, she said, Marissa, the whole time that they had supplied me with pieces of his um, stuff that he had on stage, you know, some of his paraphernalia that he had on stage and they wanted me to do um, uh you know, to hold the object and to figure out what I was getting from it. Psychometry is yeah. called. And uh, one of the people, they had actually a big round table, you know, set up. And I was at one end, Hans was sitting next to me. And one of them kept saying, but she's getting everything right. What do you want her to do? Name the, you know, name the cage and name this because they all had names. And that was what they wanted. They didn't want a description of what I was picking up from it, what he was doing with this, you know, apparatus. I think one was a piece of wood. You couldn't tell what it was from. That was from the aquarium that he Mm. would kind of go into and be all locked up. So the one guy kept saying, one of the elites that were at this round table of the Houdini society, he said, she's getting it, but she's getting it. She's getting it. Why don't you people give that to her? The whole time there was a sound of water, water dripping, water dripping, which was this piece of wood that I was holding, there was water dripping. That wasn't me doing that. Okay. That yeah. was Houdini doing that. But don't so, you find that that's accurate though? It doesn't matter if if you are able to give somebody the most accurate, perfect, truthful information. If you don't give them what they want, it does not matter how correct you are and what you do give them. It will yeah. not make a difference. And that yeah. Yeah. No, there's some people that are just too stubborn and coming yes. from the Houdini was always out to try to prove the spiritual spiritualism movement 
incorrect. There, there was a lot of fraud back then, and he wanted yeah. to prove everybody yeah. wrong. Yeah. But he never yeah. like really gave that benefit of the doubt that there were actually some people that had that gift. There yeah, was a lot I wonder of fraud if he found them or not. Yeah, the spiritualists that would do seances and pretend that things were levitating, they all had these setups, and he found right. them all out. So this just seems to be the DNA with all magicians that they just don't believe. So I, I was there basically to be burned at the stake, and they couldn't do that because apparently everything I was saying and doing was correct. And the funny thing is, is we did a, a microphone a chest test at the beginning, a check, you know, which they do with the mic because there was a radio show that was going to record it all just to make sure they had got the burning of the stake on, on radio. <laughs> no. So, so I looked at him and said, you know what? This is not going to record. And he said, I've tested it. It's recording. It's, it's working fine. I said, it, it won't have anything on the tape. Trust me, the way this crew is treating me i i'm just it's not gonna record right and he said okay so the following day i got a call at, at my home my girlfriend came and she stayed over because she came with me to new york city and then we went back to uh that was in scarsdale when i was in scarsdale at the time and she stayed over and the next call in the morning was the radio guy and he said there was nothing on the tape she answered my call because I was still sleeping. And she said, well, that's Marissa for you. She told you there would be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> because I've done work with researchers. That's mm -hmm. my background. I've been tested for telekinesis. I've been tested for telepathy. Um, there were a, a number of things that they set up in exercises for me to do a few times over. Because whenever you do any scientific tests, it's not validated unless it's be, being able to be repeatable because then it's a mistake. You know, if it happens once, it's a mistake in a lark. So it has to be repeated. Everything in science is that way. I've worked with a number of scientists. Okay, um, but explain that. Since you've worked with scientists, this, please explain this to the masses. I want to know how this is true. I, I, I understand people poo-poo the idea. I yeah. get that. Um, However, it is not a lark. It is not a ruse. It is not luck when you can give somebody extremely personal details not known yeah. to anyone. I've given license plate numbers. When you can give them how the person died. When you yeah. can tell them things that, that there is absolutely yeah. no way anyone yeah. could know. Yeah. How books, is books that a in the back, Books in the back yes. of the perpetrator's car. When they actually took that car and found the car, the perpetrator's car, of, of the case I worked in White Plains for the coal-filed homicide, we put together all of the information. They went and got him, and they had nothing. They now had the predator, they had the murderer, and they took him to prosecution. So that was with my help. So yes. I was told by the department... You got, here's the car. They brought me to the impound. They showed me, they opened up the trunk, said, full of books, like you said. Look at the plate number. Does that look familiar? And then I got behind the car and I told them a bunch of other things that he had been in other states. He was actually serial, mm -hmm. serial killer. So uh, other states, other, and one woman he left for dead was alive. They later gave me some of her garments and I did the psychometry. Um, to give them that much more information on it. So, you know, this is people don't understand where people like me fit in, Joe McConnell, uh, Inger Swan. <laughs> These are all people that the alphabet people, I call them, you know, the ABC people, have used these people. So people don't understand not only does it exist, it's validated, and it's being used. It's been used and it's being used in all these areas. They call it remote viewing from the military. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the military had uh, Project Stargate where they yeah. were using remote viewers. And so and I know, Vanessa, you're pretty familiar with all that since you're a remote viewer. That's my specialty. Yeah, yeah. I remote they, view they, for teams all over the world. Yeah. They've used it not only for on this planet but off planet remote mm -hmm. viewing. So it's not a matter of people, you know, they can be skeptics if they want. If they want to, you know, 
what was it, Ron White, the comedian, you can't fix stupid. If they want to stay in that realm and just be skeptical and idiotic about it and not be open to really all this here that's available within a lot of people, we're, we're all this way. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of how much is the volume turned up in a lot of people and how much do they allow it and then train by listening. Train yourself by listening to what it sounds like uh, what you hear so that you're more secure and have confidence with it when you're dealing on cases like this where people are looking for evidence when they have mm -hmm. none. Uh, I've worked with um, Trinidad Tobago on Ransom Abductions where they have BP there, mm -hmm. executives very wealthy, and then the poverty levels. So their way of making some quick funds is you grab somebody yeah. and you hold them for ransom. Right. We did six or seven cases, and I found all those people, luckily, thank God, they were alive, and I would describe where they needed to go. They would get in a car. This is where I used to say the detectives here, would. this is, they're like their wet dreams, <laughs> because they would love to put all these, um, like, rocket launchers and machine guns in the trunk and drive to go get these guys, find them, and there's such zero tolerance that they're given the right to assassinate them, to kill them right on the wow. spot when they're found. They have zero tolerance. They don't want to put them through the judicial system and give them any rights. They don't feel they have any rights on the island. And that's how they behave. So they would call me on their cell phone. I'd be on my cell phone. And I would see them driving. I would see a road sign and say, turn on this strange road name, because they're all weird names down oh, yeah. there. And, um, and one, I remember being on that road and I saw a head and I said, the victim is alive. He's bound. Uh, he's in a hut and the hut is located on a cliff side. It looks like a pump hut, you know, with equipment there that's running. And it's on a cliff side where beneath the cliff is a, a lumber mill. Mm -hmm. And they told me, Marissa, you don't need to tell us anymore. We know where that is. We're going straight for it. That was one of the cases. Another was a young child. So, and we found them all, and that was through um, through the CID, the Criminal Investigation Department, in the uh, based in Trinidad, but they operated in Tobago as well. So wow. I had them, I had them laughing and saying, "Oh, we know you work for the CIA. You can't tell us, but you've <laughs> got to be working to get this kind of information, exact information. You know that it's like you're here, portaled, and you're seeing it, and you know." So. Yeah. Right. The White Plains Department would say to me, but Marissa, you work in the impossible. You get the impossible and you work in the impossible. He used to say, you've got to write a book called I Know. <laughs> I know. That was Captain Viviano. He's retired now. But Peter would say that to me, that you, you work in the impossible. I was once uh, walking with a couple of detectives in the building and a VIP came by and they were all over me. The detectives came and introduced him to me and me to him and said, you don't know what phenomenal stuff we get from her. She's like a legend here. But yet I would have the the stations, a couple of stations wanted to do the haunting. You did the haunting, didn't you, Mike? Yeah, I've been on the, I've been on, uh, the haunted, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was so only a they, consultant. Yeah, so all these, it must have been four or five of them called. They would, he would say, uh, Peter would say, yeah, have them call me. I'll talk to them. And yeah, he talked, but he didn't give any of the details. So they would call me and say, he would give no details. He would say, yes, yeah, she's unbelievable. She's phenomenal. It's like crazy where she, uh, you know, how we were able to solve these cases. But nothing was said. And they needed the details. They needed what was said, how it was done. They wanted to know, you know, they wanted to know to be able to depict this on her. So I lost five or six shows that way. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. shame. So the funny thing is, is again, be careful what you wish for. If you want to do this, uh, absolutely, you know, uh, enrich yourself, listen to that signal, begin to tap into it, hear what it sounds like, hear how it behaves so that you recognize it a little bit more. So it doesn't seem like you're you're crazy, you know. Begin to operate and make it stronger, like like an athlete. You know, you have to mm -hmm. do, you have to do the the running and the exercise and everything else before you really get good and confident. And it's the same thing here. 
And the truth is that they really can punish you with this. Now, yeah. I had people that would never stop calling me, Mike. There was a doctor from Canada. She called me for a year and a half when I refused to pick up her phone call anymore. Oh, wow. Because the information was so exacting that, and I said that to her, you have to be able to learn to live life without me. You know, you're, you're afraid to literally, I'm seeing that you almost can't make any steps ahead, make any decisions on your own mm -hmm. because you're afraid to be wrong, you know, and making decisions. I know Vanessa's dealt with that a lot. Well, yeah. like, you know, believe me, then I've had the ones that wanted to kill me because they knew I was working on the case with them as a perpetrator. So I had death threats on my phone. Mm. So, <laughs> so wow. be careful what you wish for. I mean, I saw this as a little girl. <laughs> I knew when I turned on my side that it would be my left uh, on my left side. I could feel my heart. I would have a heart attack. So I knew already in kindergarten that um, it would have been exactly the time period it was. That was 2008 that I finally had a heart heart attack in December. Mid, I knew it was mid December. It was December 19th. So I was able to, as a child, know that that was going to take me down and try and you know try and kill me but it wouldn't kill me. I actually lost half of a heart and I've regenerated oh. with how I know to do this. That's why I've had doctors call me. Uh, they literally call me for themselves. So I've actually regenerated my heart where medicine says that that's not possible to do after you've had a heart attack and heart damage because it's scar tissue, but it's regenerated. Uh, how do you do that? Because I wanted to ask you some questions about um, vibration level. So is that something like with the inner vibration level that you're regenerating? Or how do you how are you doing um, that? I was doing it with okay. Let me start by saying everything has a frequency. Mm -hmm. We emit frequencies. Everything that's corporeal and non-corporeal, uh, the table in front of you, Vanessa, the the pen in front of you, that the stack of or pencils or pens or something you have there, everything has. A vibration which means it's moving it's almost living in that way you can think of atoms as living and they have color they create the sound which is a frequency but they also move so everything has that in common okay whether it's living or non-living the living of course has an energy be beyond it that's a soul you want to call it a soul some people call it source your source energy uh, god energy as i said to vanessa at the beginning some people call it jesus christ energy he supposedly emitted a frequency of about a thousand megahertz which hmm. is seen as divine that frequency so when you can apply that frequency to yourself um this is when psychic phenomena happens. That's when telepathy happens, telekinesis happens, all the things that they wanted me in research for. They received grants, by the way, for that. And they said that if you don't come, we won't receive the grant, we were told. Wow. So basically, I was the spotlight. I was the object of the research. And they lied to me saying it was private funds. I said, as long as it's not military funds, I'm okay with it, you know, public funds, private funds. So I found out they lied to me. Well, they try so to militarize now, everything. Well, everything becomes a weapon that yeah. they investigate. So I have open lines here. They're called open lines. Okay. So okay. nothing is ever private since that was documented. The videos went to them. I was paid by them. I was told that my check was late. And that was how I found out my check was late because it was coming from the, the military, uh, basically Virginia, which is Langley. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. They've been at my door, okay, These the alphabet agencies. Why don't you come back and work with us? Uh, they never let you go. No. Um, Beverly Rubick, who was one of the scientists, you can look her up. Uh, she's really known in her area of frontier sciences, energy physics. Um, she said, Marissa, with what was documented about you, because she was on the project she saw, and everything that you were capable of doing and supplying over and over again in a repeat mode, where there was no doubt you could do it what they don't know and they know you're capable of much more so you're a threat so you'll always be watched you'll never be alone mm -hmm. everywhere you move every phone that you change and that's true because mm -hmm. i'm told when there's a disaster i lose my power i change phones they'll put me in the next following day then they call me back and say no no we have to wait two weeks and then they read this thing 
that says the government has to has to um, install you know what they're installing in two weeks basically they call me up scared because they had just called and told me that they could set me up and turn my phone on the following day but the two week period is because they have to just put in a line an open line yeah well speaking of those uh, alphabet agencies alphabet. I used to work at NSA and oh. yeah so basically I supported the spies it, you know, in a role of computers <laughs> I'm an IT guy and um, yeah, small when, world. yeah, small world. But you know, when the Patriot Act came out and everybody's in a tizzy about, oh, they're going to, you know, tap our phones and spy on our phone. I'm, I was like, they've been doing that for decades. They've been doing that for decades. You know, your aura is indicating that the blue crown and the orange about secrecy, um, things that are intelligence, high intelligence, but your own intelligence IQ and that's all in your colors emitted from your body, believe it or not. And when people begin to get sick and die, all those colors change hmm. and they become gray and then black. So I know that people are near death. Oh, wow. Uh, and Vanessa, you can smell it. Yeah. Some of them you can actually smell yeah. that um, they're dying. There's a certain smell. To there people. is. People don't understand that cancer has a smell. It does. Hmm. It, it has does. a smell. And yeah. I mean, I'm in dental healthcare and I mean just being in that for 20 years I yeah. know that but I can I, I, this is hard this right here is hard for me and I want your opinion on it and people have thought I was crazy but I work by the way uh -huh. by the way I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on Mike because I'll forget it and say okay. the NSA are the only agency that I know of that were good guys the others I won't work for anymore interesting interesting there you go see that's I, something good so you you worked for the, the one that is actually doesn't need to be cleaned up <laughs> wow that says a lot that says a lot and i won't go any further because i don't want to get you off the air okay True story. <laughs> okay um in in my 20 years of dentistry um working primarily on children i've only had this happen a handful of times but I've actually had young children as young as five or six years old that when I sat down to work on them, I had to pull back and go get somebody else. Their oh. energy was, I, I could see what they were going to be. Yeah. 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 And I can't, I'm very lucky that my managers have always understood and have always supported me. But that's horrible. That it, It's a horrible feeling because you're like, this is a child. Yeah, because you know what's going on. Yeah. I can and see our, it. And our, our medicine that's still in the dark ages, and on purpose, I might add, because mm. we're a money system, when you take into consideration 85% of our GDP is medical care, what does that tell you? Oh, there's nothing terrible. in it. Yeah. There's nothing it's all in about it the for money. them to, it's all about yeah. the money. to heal us. There's yeah. no money in healing us. There is money in the drugs because yep. doctors are now drug pushers. They're technicians to do testing and they're surgeons. When, when the organs begin to die off and literally deaden, uh, I've seen the forensic reports that the organs begin to look like they're parasites that have eaten them. That's the drugs. So they do the surgery on the organs that are beginning to basically die off. So those are those three things that they're not healers anymore. That doesn't make them healers. They used to be. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, which is just absolutely a shame. Uh, yeah, because you think about 100 years ago, they were trying to come out and they did come out with a, a number of different things to combat legitimate diseases. And now it's like, well, you know, we have this this pill that'll help supposedly help this, you know, one thing you have going on over here. But here's the whole laundry list of possible side effects. Side effects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The side effects. Most of them being death. Well, yeah. and death is not a side effect. It's death. Right. Exactly. <laughs> It's not a side effect. It's not a side effect. That is a major effect. And, and the, majority, yeah. the majority of the medications that they're putting on TV right now to sell, I'm seeing yeah. a combination of three major side effects. That's what Lymphoma, happens. Lymphoma, 
tuberculosis yeah. and death. Yeah. Well, and or, or here, you- here's this pill. You take this, and to try to combat those side effects, here's these three others that you need to take. Yeah, I was just, thank you. You picked up my, uh, <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> thank you. That was good. Okay. Nice. Because that's exactly what they plan on. You're the cash register, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yep. And then when you're dead, you're another cash register. If you die in the hospital, it's not a grant. I forget what it's called. But the body is actually, they kind of get a grant for it. Hmm. Okay. So this is, I know, this is like not out there in the public. So I'm kind of outing this, you know, to the public. Um, So I'm like, I don't want to go to the hospital. (laughs) You come home sick, you come home with the flu, you come home with all sorts of things because the bacteria is there. It's everywhere. They can't clean it off with any of the devices, even in surgery. You know, people think that those surgical implements are clean. There's no way some of these things can be uh, sanitized off of the elements, off of the tools that they're using. Again, we're in the dark ages. But it's deliberate. You know, they have technology that this administration wants out, and he's holding it back. He's giving it in little soft disclosures like the like the Space Force that he everybody laughed about last year. We've had a Space Force since the 40s. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've been out there. They they actually it's it's believe me. I know this. I know the scientists since 1980. I could tell you it'll blow your socks off. What's what's really going on that people don't know. They have no information They're keeping everything from them. It feels like everything's been a lie. Oh, there's definitely things that have been hidden. And <laughs> it, it's a whole distraction game. We'll give you, you know, this piece of news over yeah. here. So that's what you focus on. We're doing something else back oh. behind the scenes. Yeah, I got a call, and uh, boy, does that suck when that happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oops. I got a call. I declined it, but I lost the screen. Oh, so, well, we uh, Jeff, yeah, but... There's traffic going in and out, and the wall is actually, the wall is not just U.S. and Mexico to protect us from, this is what you didn't want me to talk about, was pedophilia. That's the dark funds that come from that. You know, as as, uh, as NSA, they get it through that, through uh, weapons and through drugs. Well, yeah. that's closed, but it's a wall project by the administration. The administration calls it the wall project because it's a global wall. We have bad guys coming in, okay? Bad guys coming in, and that's being cleaned up. Are they cleaning the bad- up the ones we've got here, though? The non-terrestrials. Well, that's a bigger that's a bigger job because what the bigger job is there is that they want the public to know. He doesn't want to appear like a dictator because first day in his oath, he could have taken these people down, but then they would have called him a dictator, you know, and it was all political. He's taking these people down and taking them to the Gitmo for political because they were enemies and against him. Nobody was for him at the beginning, but here he's instructing the public. He wants the public to see what they're all up to crimes, the corruption, uh, the heinous uh, beyond humanity of crimes that they were capable of doing. He wants all that to be seen, and it is being seen. It is being seen. Just a lot of people are clueless. You know, they're listening to the mainstream media and believing the the stories. They're not doing their own research. You know, they're not doing their own research and seeing what's really going on. Most people just headline read. I know what's going on because... I've dealt with these people before. So I get a lot of insider information that a lot of people don't know. The scientists I've known, so I knew what was going on space-wise since 1980, that we had portals then, uh, which is why time seems as though it's slipping freely quickly, quicker and quicker in a quickening. Um, That's happening because we had portals through CERN that were opened up, uh, others through the military that were opened up, so time is literally seeping through portals. Our time space is seeping through portals. So it seems as though three months is like one month. Six months feels like a flash in the well, pan. They've got the yeah. They've got the seasons all screwy now because it's the second week of November and it's you know snowing and ice and ten degrees out here. And that happened last year too. It's, it's you know it's a month and a half to winter here. So, but you brought up time. 
And let me ask yeah. you about your opinions about time, because I, I've been working with some different theories as to what time really may or may not be. And in a lot of ways, I don't necessarily believe that time really exists. What's your opinion? Um, we are seen in pixels. We're, we're pixelated beings, okay? When they got us down to the finite past the atomic structure of atoms moving in us, we're pixelated. So we're, we're like a, uh, we're a hologram is how okay. we're brought up. So in, in that way, we're, 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 so a, we're a projection, projection of okay. our frequency of our energy, which is our source. We're projection of that source in a physical form. Yet there's two of us in here. There's the physical form that is constantly changing. I mean, we were little babies, then we were toddlers, then we were beautiful teenagers, and then beautiful young people, and then we get old and everything, gravity takes over and pulls everything <laughs> down. You know, we won't go there. But um, we have different bodies. But then we have our other part of us, that's our soul, that continues to interfere with our physical form, which is the brain voice that's always telling you, you should do this, you should get out of bed, you should have done this, you should have done that. It's like a little demonic voice instructing you to constantly do something, to worry about something, to fear something. It brings back the past that was horrible, and it won't leave you alone. It's like a nagging brain, physical form. And then there's a soul that when you quiet everything down, and you know, that's where the, the, the psychic stuff comes from. When you stop thinking, when you train yourself to literally erase your brain like a blackboard with an eraser and you have nothing going on is where incoming, I call it incoming faxes come in. So if you're interested on a, if I'm working on a case, that's when the information comes in. When I basically blank everything out and shut that off. Um, what was, uh, I'm trying to think of um, Tolly. Uh, he um, can't think of his first name. Oh my gosh, I'm going into brain dead mode. Um, <laughs> right. E. Tolley, his first name begins with an E, but he's German. Last name is Tolley. Okay. He, I don't know what he is. He's he's a teacher, basically. And he understands from somewhere in, in he was a professor. He had A+. Plus. He was going to be a professor. Everyone thought he was successful and wonderful, but he was so depressed that one morning he said, I can't live with this person. I can't live with this person anymore. So he wanted to commit suicide. And he started thinking, wait a minute, who is this person that I can't live with? And he started realizing there's kind of two of us. There's the brain that annoys and nags you and makes you fear everything and worry everything. And then there's the silence when you go into silence, which Jesus Christ actually used to say, that's the king, that's where the kingdom is when you go into the quiet and you listen. Well, you're listening to yourself, your soul self, and you're letting everything, you know, it's like the 60s, tune in, tune out. <laughs> you make everything <laughs> else go away. And you then get all of this information. So he realized the next morning he woke up, he was no longer depressed. Something had happened. It was like that brain that was annoying and demonizing his world and making his world unlivable, that he couldn't live with this person anymore, but can't live with myself, is what he said. And who's that self? Right. So the following morning he woke up, and it was like something had happened. Something had taken place, and he was happy. He was actually in a blissful state for years until he figured out something intense had happened. Part of himself had, had shut down, and that open part, the source energy part, had opened up a portal and stayed. So he talks about it, you look him up. He has plenty of beautiful YouTubes and plenty of information to have people learn how to do this. Okay, and, yeah, and I'll can... I definitely have to look that up because I, I know there's a lot of like different Eckhart. beliefs. Eckhart. Eckhart, okay. There's, there's been a lot of different uh, belief systems over the years. Like the ancient Egyptians had like seven different parts of the soul. There's different Native American beliefs about, you know, yes. two different souls within you. But even science um, has said that, hey, you don't, not only do you have uh, those neurons in your brain, but you also have them in your heart. So you have these, you know, 
two Everything different... Everything has a different frequency. All yeah. of our organs, the heart, the lungs, our kidney, the liver, they all have a different sound frequency. So what does that tell you? They all have this kind of knowing of how to replicate themselves and survive. And the truth is, if you have the right nutrients in your body, going to the medical thing, if you have the proper nutrients, which nothing has in, in it anymore, because they make sure they take all of that out, right. they feed us with poisons and sugars and the Thermomix, which is partially fetal tissue, as used as a sweetener. I know this is yeah. what they're doing Fun to stuff. us. They're making us cannibals and they're turning us into bugs. Morgallons was basically created by Monsanto and it was splicing of every type of bug, monkey, DNA, and I believe female DNA in it because it seems to love he female hosts. Basically a parasite. It was oh. a combination of, of things that were used to spray on cotton plants and Morgallons seems to be like this, almost this like UFO-like creature that grows in people when they're sick. Um, a lot of people come out of it from the hospital and already begin to have little bumps and the bumps turn into scabs and they pull the scabs and you have these strings that come out. Yeah, our so, uh, chat shenanigator, Shauna, could tell you some stories about Monsanto. She um, she actually worked for them for a little while. She, you know, needed the work, needed a job. And so she was actually handling the seeds and, you know, got it, you know, touched her skin. You're supposed to wear gloves, but somehow it got, you know, between her glove and her shirt and, and all that. And she's getting a chemical burn off of the seeds. And you're thinking, wait a minute, this is actually stuff that's supposed to grow into things that we're supposed to eat. There's something mm -hmm. wrong here. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's how toxic. Yeah. That's Mine, what a lot of people don't realize. She couldn't touch it. Right. That's how it's toxic it was. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same with everything that they put in our meats nowadays. All the antibiotics and steroids. You cannot cook that out. Yeah, yeah. You cannot well, cook that out. The Senna mix was was a mixture of uh, basically a sugary base that's been used in a lot of foods. Look it up. It's in a lot of foods that are out there. All pre-made foods. So it's used as a sweetener, but it has fetal tissue in it. This is where all the Planned Parenthood stuff is is going. You know, this is all money. It's all money devices that are useful other than, you know, what the satanic people do with, you know, we won't go there on this channel. Um, but yeah, th this is, this is Mel. What was his name? Uh, the actor, Mel. Um, um, there's a few of them, Brooks, Gibson. Gibson, Mel Gibson, Mel the Gibson. Australian. Okay. What was it? Everybody thought he was on drugs 20 years ago when he was saying they're eating babies in Hollywood. Well, he was trying to tell people. He was trying to tell people. So that yeah. was like a whistleblowing event on his behalf, but nobody believed him. Well, all of this is being taken down. Now. This is the shadow war going on with this administration. And globally, basically, it's not just here. It's global, you know, all the way to the Vatican. So... And I don't want to get your channel. Taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to take us down tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. a mess to clean up. There's a real mess oh, damn, to clean definitely. up. It's a spiritual war. It's 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 not funny. It's a spiritual war going on. Yeah. So we're going down unless we win this. We we have no choice. The UN Agenda 21 was going to be World War Three, which what they planned to do to us. You know, because they can't control the populations now. They can control a small population and create them as slaves, which is what we are. They created a debtor slave. They changed our money system. They took the Constitution away, kicked it aside, and created a U.S. corporation, LLC. Well, it's all a system of control. It's always been a system of control. Yeah. All codes and ordinances, but not laws. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have to survive this. We, we The only way we'll survive this is to be aware, to know, and to fight, to fight for, you know, not socialism, communism, but to, to fight for a republic. You know, this is the only place. Ronald Reagan had that right. If the walls go down here, there's no place like this on the planet. So we, we have to we have to fight. Our forefathers did. They risked all those names on the Constitution, on the Bill of Rights, and on the independence. They all died. They were wealthy people. They could have lived out a wonderful life like Trump could have. But instead, they said, you know, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. The money doesn't matter. What matters is we're not free. So what is money worth when you're not free? When you're an enslaved, you know, society, you have to step up and say, eventually, enough, enough, you know. Yeah. 
and, and be in the right. So we, um, we have had some uh, questions come in from the chat room. So I did want to get to those before we get to the end of the show. We got about 15 minutes left. If you can believe that, it's gone by quick. <laughs> um, but this fresh. is, yeah, <laughs> this is from uh, Dustin. He asks, um, do your gifts scare people? And is that why they are closed-minded? Um, the closed-mindedness causes the scare. Uh, if you're open to all things and know that nothing is impossible, you should fear nothing. You should be fearless because we are beings of energy. Remember, we're, we're here as physical forms trying to be spiritual, but it's the opposite. We're spiritual beings in a physical form. So remember who you are. Remember what you are and know the power that you have within us. We all have these instincts. Uh, cops call it a gut instinct. You know, when something is telling them, I had one guy tell me, I stood by the front of the door. We were ringing the doorbell to go arrest this guy. Something told me to stand to the side on, on the doorbell side. So he hit the wall just as blasts came through the whole door. He would have wow. been killed instantly. Mm -hmm. So we all have that. It's just a matter of knowing it, listening to it applying it, believing it. A friend of mine, I taught how to be psychic and she couldn't stop flogging herself when she made a right turn instead of a left and got into a car accident right down the street. Something was telling her to not turn right. And all she did for weeks was beat herself up over it. And I said, oh my God, you can't do this. You have to listen to it, make your mistakes because we're not here to be perfect beings. We're here to get it better, to get it right and to not have the fears that we have. As a young girl, I wanted to skydive. My oh, father okay. looked at me when I gave him a document to sign from the FAA because I was 16. He looked at me, he said in his Russian, you're crazy, I'm not signing this. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll just wait two years and I can go on myself, you know, my own. Right. And I went skydiving, I learned how to Good. skydive. I had a fear of heights. So when you tackle something you fear and look it straight in the eyes including a person that's attacking you mm -hmm. you lessen the fear and you're able to overcome it but remembering who you are only as a physical form this is temporary we're here for many reasons and not just for ourselves we're here for so many others until people get that that we're here to help each other to prop each other up sustain each other not divide not to conquer, not to worry about money and greed, but it's the life form, what we do in actions that we take with us. And that's where we judge ourselves later. And if we didn't do right, we have to come back and we have to do it again. It's like being put back in grade school. You have to redo it again and do it right. So we're learning that. And that's where our density level is now changing. The frequency on the planet before we, we die off here is changing. It's called the Schumann resonance. People look this up. Um, S-C-H-U-M-A-N-N resonance. There's a site that says Schumann resonance today. That's a layman's site because other sites, they're scales and nobody will understand what the the scales are all about. I look at it and I know. But the Schumann Resonance today, I think it's disclosure or something, but it says Schumann Resonance today. Click on that and that'll show you in words. It'll tell you what our reson our normal resonance from the planet is like a heartbeat. The 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 earth is real, just like remember I was saying, free everything is a frequency because it's right. alive, even if it's st looks stagnant like a table or a stone. When you look down, these atoms are moving. And then you look mm -hmm. further down, they're pixelated. So it's an impression of something that's been created for us here. So we're kind of not real in that way. You know, it's, it's <laughs> we're a living in the matrix. To kind of bend your brain around, yeah. but we're real to a point. Albert Einstein said it best reality is an illusion, albeit a persistent one. He mm -hmm. knew what he was talking about. It's a form that really doesn't seem real. I died as a child and drowned. I was brought back when I got back on the sand, the uh, lifeguard that had pulled me out. I was I hit the bottom because I remember hitting the reeds and the seaweed at the bottom. Wow. Something told me to stop struggling and survive it by saying, 
let go, everything would be okay. That was a voice I heard, not a voice, I wouldn't call it a voice, it was the message. And it was repeated because I said, what? Oh, it was just um, the, a message in your mind that, that yeah, came through? I was drowning. Yeah. And I no longer, I, I ran out of, now I understand what it is. I ran out of the oxygen to my muscles. When fight or flight kicks in, the cortisol is a drip, drip. It's mm -hmm. there for fight or flight. It begins to drip, drip. You either beat the hell out of your opponent to, to get away or you run to get away. That's our primordial roots, the fight or flight response. Right. Oxygen is to your, to your muscles to be able to do that, to either run. So everything was gone. I had no more oxygen to my muscles. And I was like a tiny kitten literally not being able to even get up over the water to breathe. So that's when I got, um, this was third grade, second grade, the summer between second and third grade. And um, I remember getting, it's okay, just let go. Everything will be okay. And then I was lifted and I was given all the information of yet to be, of what I was going to be doing, why I had to come back and I would be back on the blanket. A lifeguard would resuscitate me. So I remember all of that. I remember being in the tunnel, which is like a wormhole. It's exactly what it is. It's like an umbilical cord between this dimension and the next one that we're going to. So what are you going to fear? We're protected by being these powerful beings. We don't die. Death is an illusion. It, it, right. it doesn't really exist. Just the physical form falls away because it deteriorates or, it, or it's hurt or damaged. But we live. We live. That's the reason for the hauntings that you guys uh, yeah. <laughs> look at, even animals. And the funny thing is, is cats, uh, all the, the animals that I've seen in haunting cases, they've all been cats, not dogs. I haven't found one dog yet. I've seen, I have have seen some, sh some different cat-sized animals, yeah. Well, they have life, life after death too. So this is all that exists, and there's really – the fear part is the – physical form that's interfering with our soul knowing there's nothing to fear and that we we know it all we have all the information there the akashic records that edgar mm -hmm. casey called it that's what we tap into on a homicide or whatever it's there the past is there the future is there i was on radio predicting the tsunami uh 9 11 i predicted and that was september 29th 1999 on a radio show in wow. the morning on WOK with larry hughes I saw the flags everywhere. We'd have three strikes on our East Coast, uh, that it would be then Bush against Gore, which was the following year. Elizabeth Dole would be out in December. They didn't even know who was going to run. And these were all the questions I was asked by Larry Hughes, the host on the show. And it would be Bush against Gore. Gore would get the votes, but Bush would be in. And then the flags everywhere that we would have a, a new department created because of this. And it, we would lose all of our privacy. It was a home department for the government. What did they call it? Homeland. Homeland Security. And I, yep. said it that, I said it that day, September 29th. Do you know that tape disappeared? Those were the days oh, really? of digital. Hmm. I had that tape held for me because I couldn't wait. I, I had an appointment to go to from the radio station. I came back. I was told it was in a locked box, in a locked drawer, in a locked office. Who do you think <laughs> absconded with that? Oh, yeah. Everything was on it. The homeland. One of our friends with all the letters. Where, why, you know, Gore was actually one, but it would be Bush that would be president. I said it. I said it right there. Did they want any of that out? No. Howard Stern, I told Howard Stern about that. He said, I want that. I want the tape, Marissa. I want to air it. I said, it's not available. It was stolen. He yeah. said, that's a shame. That's a damn shame. Well, they didn't want that to happen. They didn't want that tape broadcast. I'm sure they assumed why I was why I wanted that tape. Every piece of data on that tape was important. It was a prediction of everything that and was it all yet happened. to happen. Yeah. And I predicted flight 800 going down, flight 007. These are all on radio. So, yeah. I had, I had a cousin so, on flight 800. Uh, yeah. I knew I needed to mention that to you, by the way. And I guess that's why. Yeah. I tried. I was on um, w, WNEW uh, in New York, and that show, um, yeah, I tried. I tried to tell people. You know, U.S. Air Flight, I actually saved one person off that flight when it went down. It was 95, I think, that mm -hmm. year. I forget the, the flight numbers of that. But, um, yeah, I pulled, it. I pulled people out of uh, the Twin Towers 
Zim International. I spoke to a guy that worked there and I told him to tell his boss to move everybody out. They moved everybody out before September 11th, which wow. was when I predicted on the radio show, September 29th, 99, that it would be mid-September. I didn't have the 11th date, but I said it would be approximately mid-September in the fall when that takedown will happen. We'll have three strikes since first since Pearl Harbor. I actually used those words. First strike on our soil since Pearl Harbor, and we'll have flags everywhere. We'll be looking for that faction throughout Europe forever. And we'll actually find under rubble, I think it was five years, we'll find the key man under rubble because we'll have bombed the area. So I predict it yet to be where they would begin to take these people down. But the 9-11, the Zim International pulled itself out. They listened to me. They all moved out. That was thousands of people. Well, that's fantastic that they listened. wish more people would listen. I wish the tape would have stuck around. I mean, it, it actually might be somewhere locked away. You never know. Um, well, the Flight 800 was on um, WEVD. I'm sorry, not WNEW. I've done Coast to Coast as well, like you did. Okay, yeah. You did Coast to Coast? I did, yeah. Yeah. A couple years um, ago. So, yeah, WEVD. It was WEVD was the 800 flight that I predicted. So I had latitude longitude. When I could read the number of the flight, I would give latitude longitude of, hmm. of the down. Okay. Yeah. Um, are we done? <laughs> we got a few minutes left, but um, so I, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, usually when we get to this, uh, to this point, um, I'll ask you, you know, what you have coming up and where people can find you and things like that. So, yeah, it was fast. I mean, I tried it goes to talk by fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, people, if anybody has any questions, MarissaAnderson.com. You can find me on the website. Marissa's one R one S Anderson.com. You can email me through there. My numbers are listed on there, so I won't waste the time to give the numbers. But um, you you can call me. Um, I'll work with you on whatever project you need or medical issue that you have. And uh, I've been lucky. People have been writing out their wills that were sent to me by Dr. Stokes, and uh, they turned around. They were thriving. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to order a reading from you <laughs> because I can I read like everybody else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can read everybody else, but I can't read myself. And I'm tired of flying blind. Yeah. Yeah. I just I want to know if things are going to get, well, I know they're going to get better because I'm going to work my ass off to make them better. But I just need to know if the universe is with me on that. So, oh, okay. Well, so no I will. I will order, I will pay for a reading from you. <laughs> yes, that's that's a wonderful session when people pay. <laughs> yes. I've actually done um, sessions for people that, you know, one family had disappeared. I found where the family was. Unfortunately, they were deceased. They were driving up north during the holidays many years ago, maybe eight years ago. Uh, I won't say the family's name. But I worked three days on the case. I had maps spread out on my living room uh, with looking at the highways from, I think it was North Carolina up north. They were coming up to Boston. And I found a little um, kind of like what they have in California. The highways kind of go round and mm -hmm. with multiple exits. And I found what I call the hot spot on the map, that that was where the car, it went off the side of the highway, which was elevated. A truck had come on. I could see it. And they were sleep deprived. They had gone off the side and the car went downward, like hood into a swamp. And nobody could find them. They went missing for like a week. So I got a call from one of the family members, found them, told them where to go on, on that side of the road, the crossroads, and to have the sheriff's department go and find the car. Car was down. It was still down. They were deceased, obviously. Um, but they were underwater. That part was underwater. So it was literally right off an exit and an entrance, right in between mm -hmm. there, and a couple of highways going around in like a cluster. Lo and behold, one of the family members calls me back because I said, I'll bill you at the end because I don't know how much time it's going to take, but I'll discount it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is three days that I, I worked on this. So she calls me yelling at me that she didn't want to pay anything. I should not charge. It should be free. And I said, you know what? I don't need this. And I hung up. Yeah. Well, it so takes that's a lot of energy. Ungrateful. Ungrateful energy. 
Yeah. yeah. It takes. I mean, yeah, time. they weren't alive. I get it. But, yeah. you know, they were found. So they had closure. They had closure. So, well, and it's, it's still a reading. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I told them I won't charge them right away. Let me see how many hours it is and then I'll discount you, you know? Yeah. So, but that's how it, that's how some people are. Mike, oh, do you yeah. have a dog? You have a dog? Um, I used to years ago. I don't know. A, a reddish, like a reddish, red, no. like a reddish hair? No. Okay. I think you're seeing Cha Cha. Yeah, he could be seeing Vanessa's dog. <laughs> yeah. Cha Cha. Oh, here. that's Vanessa's dog. Come here, baby. Come here. Me little fucktard. Come on. There's something <laughs> with the tooth. Something oh. with the upper tooth teeth. Upper upper palate. The tooth. She's like... un she's under bit. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting some inflammation and some pain. Just to scan both of you around you, um, your Michael, your weak area is your lower, like your stomach, and below that is your weak area as you get older. So, um, no to detox. Okay. Um, and if I leave the planet, you know, the, then it'll be hard to get a hold of me. Yeah. But in the meantime, <laughs> you can call me. Have an open, sure. you know, uh, thing to call me if you need. But that's an area you should watch as you get older and learn to detox specifically your liver your kidneys because that's where a lot of the toxins will be held for you and uh, i i don't want to say what you're predisposed to because i don't want to cause a psychosomatic behavior here um but if you detox you're going to be fine okay you're going to be fine okay um we did have because you 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 did mention some uh, some politics here and uh the some the past predictions that you made. So everybody, at least quite a few people down in the chat were wondering your prediction on if Trump is going to win again. Ooh. The funny thing in that tape that disappeared by probably the alphabet people was on it that sometime in the future, probably a decade from there, that remember that was 99, September 29th, 99, was the WEOK show where I predicted the 9-11, what we would know as with Homeland and all that. And I said, there will be, within that time period, we will elect one man who is very wealthy and he's a CEO of a main brand. That was Trump, without naming him. And that he'll probably have, uh, I hope I'm wrong on this, I really do, that he'll probably have one term and then what will be decided will perhaps be no more presidential uh, elections at all after that wow. because this will evolve and change to such a degree and from what takes place in the findings of his term that it may be decided that things may change here as a republic going back to a republic we are going back to a republic we're winning we're winning back the republic so we will win but he may not be even though he's running and all things seem as though they're going that way, there's something not right there. I, I'm not getting the fill-in of the blanks that I probably will get later, but um, he may he may just say I'm out and this person is going to be in in my place. Uh, I hope it's not anything, um, you know, evil that happens to him or his family. But okay. those pieces I don't have yet. That's part of the puzzle pieces that are yet being uh, from my uh, 67 years on this planet doing this have not yet been set in stone. That's why I'm not getting the whole picture. Okay. Because okay. things are evolving. So let's hope for the best that as it evolves that he does go to a second term and he finishes the job in winning everything that he's winning in the shadow war that's going on beneath the surface. We are at war. And we need evil people to stop doing what they're doing. To all of us in every way medically technologically withholding everything and uh the pursuit of happiness life liberty and happiness is what we need to go back to um and that's all been pulled from us we haven't been free for a long time that's the truth of that we have not had liberty let me use the proper word since um probably the beginning uh from a little bit after lincoln things were beginning to change FDR really did it. 
He changed the money system and bankrupted us and defrauded us in every way, uh, put in the IRS. This is all fraud according to the Constitution. It's all fraud on the people. So um, all we can do is, is keep at it, be a watchful eye. We were asleep too long. We weren't watching what was really going on. Yes, we were being lied to, but we weren't looking beneath the sheets of really what was going on, and we have to. And um, Jefferson said that, didn't he, walking around on the streets after they were deciding what form of government a woman came up beautifully dressed and asked him what form of government have you given us was her quote he said a republic madam if you can keep it wow. given us remember was the term yeah so he responded correctly if you can keep it uh you have to fight it's it's it. a lot different than it had been for sure so. things are changing yeah. we know it. we're seeing it we're smelling it you know those that are sensitive know it they know that um things are going down Things are going down um, and they're killing us. You know, look at Paradise, California. This, this is do weapons. They're, you know what they are, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Um, DEW weapons. So um, they're getting them. They're, they're getting, they're getting these things. So, yeah. All right. Well, you have molten metal on the concrete. <laughs> right. Molten cars and metal on, on concrete. Come on, people. It's not a normal yeah. fire. People. Yeah. Something's up. Something's cars. up. Yeah. So, so open your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Mar Marissa, really do want to thank you for coming on the show. Everybody check her out. MarissaAnderson.com. <laughs> ah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So, but... Everybody hang out for a little while. This is a double feature night. So we had Marissa for an early show and then our regular time show uh, with Katie and Josh Hopkins. They just released a new book through us, through Hunter Road Media. So uh, we're going to be highlighting that, talking about um, Ghosts of Iowa. Um, that'll be coming up at our regular time, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. So, um, so yeah, just hang out for a little while. <laughs> and uh, Marissa, again, thank you very much for coming on and spending um, some time with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for putting up with me, and thank you for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have you a guys. great night. Take care.